welcome to more about the music. I'm your host, Liz, and this is our first ever episode. If you didn't hear the season one finale of Just Being Silly, here's a breakdown of more about the music. So I am an avid concert goer. Um, it's just how I like to spend my free time, my disposable income, etc. Everybody's got hobbies, right? I'm usually seeing multiple shows a month, especially like in the summer, early fall time, you know, when concerts are just like, there are so many every single week at every different venue in big cities, especially like in Dallas, um, which is where I'm located. So a majority of the shows I see will be in the Dallas area, but there are some all over the country that I've been to um, and that I am planning to go to as my life goes on, right? Um, but yeah, I'm only able to briefly cover these shows on my main podcast, Just Being Silly, because I like to keep those episodes around 30 minutes to an hour. So more about the music will allow me to dive a little bit deeper into my concerts and also give some background on the artists. So you can kind of consider this podcast somewhat educational. You know, one thing about me, I'm an educator. I'm an educator at heart. So I'm going to educate you on some of the shows I've seen, the artists that I'm seeing, you know, give them a little bit of a breakdown. Really excited about that. But here's how I think the current format of More About the Music is going to go. So I will typically start with an intro. Okay, this is all this is all as of right now, right? Like we're going to see how this goes. This is the first episode. So going to start with the intro. I'll introduce myself, the podcast, the artist I'm covering, and I'll also tell you when and how many times I have seen them. Then we'll get into the breakdown, just a brief backstory on the artists themselves and a couple of their biggest hits to really kind of paint a picture. You know, I might mention an artist and you're like, I don't know anything from them. And then I list a couple of hits and you're like, no, I absolutely know who you're talking about now. You know, just kind of painting a picture. Then we will get into the actual show. So a breakdown of the show that I went to, the date, time, venue, concert buddy, openers, set list, what the AV was like, you know, audio, visuals, how, I mean, what the quality of the show was like, basically. And then the crowd vibes, because I also feel like that's just a huge, that's also a huge factor in some of these shows. Like you want the crowd vibes to be right, and sometimes they're not. I'll tell it to you straight, sometimes they are really rancid especially with some like iconic artists that are a little bit older sometimes the vibes are off because everybody is you know nobody's moving and grooving nobody's looking like they're happy to be there it's like a Tuesday night it it just it depends on the vibes okay next then we will discuss the future and so that's just going to be would I see them again And then also what's next for this artist? Like what's going on with them? Are they continuing to tour? Are they doing a new album? Um, You know, maybe my opinion of what's next for them. Just kind of the future with the artist. And then that would be kind of the end, right? Um, So just a little bit of a breakdown. So now that you know, let's get into the first ever episode of More About the Music. So if you're really unfamiliar with the backstory of Taylor Swift, please let me be your guide. Taylor Swift was born December 13th, 1989, and if you are familiar with Taylor Swift, you know, obviously, the 13th, her being born on the 13th, is a huge thing for her. She releases a lot of things on the 13th. She does a lot of things with the number 13, little Easter egg-y type things, and then also 1989, 
One of her albums is called 1989. It's her best album, in my opinion, but, you know, neither here nor there. She is originally from Pennsylvania. She moved to Nashville in high school to pursue her music career, and her first hit single, Tim McGraw, debuted when she was only 16. And look, that is, that is a... That's a generational talent in and of itself. Somebody who is 16 years old and so dedicated to their craft and releasing a song as, honestly, as big as Tim McGraw, the single was in 2006. I'm pretty sure it was 2006. Um, When I was 16, okay, bringing it on to me, putting the spotlight on myself when I was 16, I was reading Larry Stylins and fan fiction in the bathroom between classes. But that's really neither here nor there. Some of Taylor's hits include Teardrops on My Guitar, You Belong With Me, 22, Shake It Off, Look What You Made Me Do, Cruel Summer, and Antihero. Just to quite literally only name a few of her hits, right? Like, she's a hit machine you you have to already know. Like, she's a household name. That's We're starting with a, an easy, we're starting with an easy one for the first episode of more about the music. Like this is one like you know you know her, okay? Show intro. So my shows were March 31st and April 1st in Arlington, Texas at AT&T Stadium. If you're from around these parts, also known as Jerry World. So night 1, I went with my dear roommate and lifelong partner Kyle, seated comfortably in section C234. C stands for club. It really doesn't matter. No flex. Night two, I went along with my beloved friend Marlene, seated also very comfortably in section 224. Head on to the stage. Doesn't matter. It's totally fine and normal. And I definitely wasn't crying, screaming, and throwing up the entire time. So night one, the openers were Gail and Muna huge for me okay I am a massive Muna fan I I was first introduced to Muna when they opened for Casey Musgraves in I want to say 2021 or was it the very beginning of 2022 I think it was the very beginning of 2022 that I was introduced to Muna at the Casey Musgraves concert um Muna and also King Princess at that concert that's another show I will we will get into Casey Musgrave's show. Okay, period. So night one openers were Gail and Muna. Night two openers were Gracie Abrams and Bia Badubi. Loved those two. And it also, I happened to learn that evening that Gracie Abrams' dad is quite literally J.J. Abrams. Just something to think about there, Okay. Taylor took the stage both nights at 8 p.m. Pretty prompt, okay? She's a pretty prompt woman, which one could appreciate given that the show is over three hours long. Now strap in because I am going to rapid fire run through the Eras Tour set list. So there is a, I guess, playlist of songs that play um, while you're waiting for Taylor Swift to actually come out at the Eras Tour. Um, but the last two are the most significant just because they are the last two and you just remember them the most because she comes out. So Applause by Lady Gaga plays, and that's how you know that the countdown is about to begin. So when Lady Gaga's Applause comes on, you are hustling and bustling back to your seat if you are not already sat and seated, okay? Um, night, Night one, I was already sat and seated. Night two, Miss Marlene and I had to go potty. So we are hustling and bustling as... 
applause is on trying to get to our seats because after that is Dusty Springfield's You Don't Own Me, her cover of You Don't Own Me. And the countdown, a clock appears on the stage and the countdown begins. And so once it hits zero, the intro music starts and it's kind of teasing each one of Taylor's eras. Taylor appears on stage in a very fun fashion. I'm not going to ruin it all. You probably already know, though. And she starts with the lover era, which is one of my favorite eras. And it's actually the the first album slash era that she actually owns. So there is a whole thing um, with Taylor Swift not owning the rights to her masters under Big Machine Records, which covers albums one through six, um, with the last one being Reputation. So Lover is the first album that is hers, and she is not going to re-record probably because she doesn't need to. She owns the rights to that music. Um, so she starts with the Lover era with Miss Americana and the Heartbreak Prince. She then goes into Cruel Summer, The Man, You Need to Calm Down, and The Archer. Then there is a costume change into the Fearless era, which was the first Taylor Swift album that I ever owned which is kind of fun for me anyway she plays fearless you belong with me and love story then there's another costume change and we are in the evermore era so then she plays tis the damn season willow marjorie champagne problems on the piano and tolerate it there is another costume change and she is in the reputation era where she plays Ready for it, delicate, don't blame me, and look what you made me do. Which, look, the Reputation Era, I mean, 1989 is my favorite album, but the Reputation Era just cannot be beat. It is, it's really something. So then she goes from Reputation into Speak Now, where she only plays Enchanted. And that has since changed now that Speak Now Taylor's version is out. So that was one of those albums that she had not yet re-released um, and re-recorded. So she only played one song from it. And so a lot of people were like, why did you only play one song? I think she was waiting. She now plays two, I think. She plays Enchanted and Long Live. Um, but yeah, so we only got one song from Speak Now that was a part of the actual set list. The next, the next era is Reg, so she does a costume change, and then she comes out for the Red Era, which is 22. We are never, ever getting back together. I knew you were trouble, and then all too well, the 10-minute version. There was another costume change, God bless her, and we are in Folklore, the Folklore era. So she sings The One, which is awesome uh, for night one. This was the live debut of this song. Like, she changed the set list, I believe, from invisible string to the one on night one in Arlington so that was like a, a big deal like she changed the set list um the next song is Betty that's my favorite on the album the last great American dynasty August which is getting a little resurgence right now because we just came out of August August that's not important illicit affairs my tears ricochet and then cardigan then there's another costume change can you believe it then we're on 1989, my personal favorite. She plays Style, Blank Space, Shake It Off, Wildest Dreams, and Bad Blood. Then there is a costume change, and she goes into the acoustic set, also known as the Surprise Songs. 
So how the surprise songs at the Eras tour work, these, these were the rules Taylor presented to us at the beginning of the tour. She has an acoustic set. She has a guitar and a piano. So typically she will play one song on the guitar and one on the piano, acoustically. And they are songs that are not on the set list. Um, so they can really be any Taylor Swift song that's not on the set list. Um, and the, I guess the rules of it are, if she plays it perfectly, she won't play it again. It's out. It's done. She's not playing it again. But if she messes up, she can play it again at any of the other shows. So basically it's like, oh, you know, she played this song, but she messed up. Okay, maybe at my show, she will play it again to like redeem herself. And then, um any song off of the Midnight's album, so her newest, most recent album, she can play as many times as she wants. So those are the rules that were kind of outlined for the surprise song portion of the evening. So on night one, we got Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, which comes from the Red album. And then we got Hours, which comes from the Speak Now album. I didn't absolutely love Sad, Beautiful, Tragic, like when Red came out. But obviously she plays incredibly she sounds amazing i was so happy to hear it anyway ours off of speak now yup yup i love that song i love that song and i was so excited to get that for night one i really was um night two when i tell here hear me out we got death by a thousand cuts from lover and clean from 1989 at the time, okay, so April 1st, 2023, at the time, this was everything. This was, at the time, the the Eras Tour had just kind of started. There had only been a few more, a few stops before Dallas um, at this point. This was everything. Like, people were like, night two Arlington Eras Tour people won the lottery. They they are Taylor Swift's favorite. They won the lottery. This was everything. This was Coachella 2016. Okay, like some would argue that it is still the best surprise song set. Death by a Thousand Cuts, excellent song. She messed up, but that was also kind of you don't feel bad that she messed up. Um, it's not like, oh, this was only supposed to be our song and nobody else gets it. It's like, oh, we have like a moment now with Taylor Swift. Like she is playing this song um, and she messes up. Did she mess up the bridge? I think she messes up the bridge and she kind of stops and she kind of laughs and she's like, how does it go? And everybody's like screaming how it goes. And she's like, why do I write stuff like this? Like it's very like quick and like, you know, she catches on. She does it again. It's great. Everybody's so excited. Jack Antonoff was actually at that show and she announced that. She's like, I wrote this with my friend Jack. Um, everybody screams, cries, throws up, myself included. I look at Marlene like, is Jack Antonoff about to come out on this stage? Say psych. Actually say psych right now because if he comes out, it's over for me personally. He does not, but he is at that show. She's like, he's here tonight. Crowd goes wild because Jack actually has gone to a few shows and he has actually played with her at some of these shows. So why he didn't play in Dallas, hateful. I don't know. Um, but yeah, she she plays it. She actually messes it up. And then Clean, she doesn't mess up, but she plays it in a different key, which I'm not like technically a music person. Like I'm a, a connoisseur. I'm, an, I'm a consumer, but I am not a 
like technically I can't hear certain things. Like I can't play like, oh, she played it in a different key. Like, I don't know. Like I just heard clean and was crying because that's my favorite song on 1989. Um, and it didn't make the set list, obviously, which I was like, well, that's okay. Like it's kind of a difference. It's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a B-side. I don't ever want to disrespect anything Taylor Swift puts out by saying it's a B-side, but it's kind of a B-side, but it's a cult favorite. It's a crowd favorite. It's a, oh my gosh, like I love that song. I'm not special. Anyway, so that was the surprise song set. After that, there is a, she dives into the stage, um, very famously so. A uh, big hole opens up in the stage, on the B stage where she's playing the acoustic set. Um, And she dives, quote unquote, into it. And it looks like she is swimming up to the main part of the stage, which she's certainly not swimming under there. Um, But yeah, there's a costume change. And then we go into the last era, which is the most recent Midnight's, where she plays Lavender Haze, Antihero, Midnight Rain, Vigilante Shit, Bejeweled, which is my favorite song, um, other than You're On Your Own Kid, but that didn't make the set list. Not the point. Mastermind and karma and that is the end of the show confetti comes down it's a big party that is the end of the show there is no encore 44 songs in total you really can't beat that truthfully so the audio uh and visuals were obviously spectacular as would be expected you've probably already heard um there there were no issues with audio i mean this is a this is a going to be a billion dollar tour it's it's done right. I mean, there's this is not like, you know, where things are sometimes cut, touch and go at like some pavilions or like some smaller type of shows, some amphitheater shows. Like we're at AT&T Stadium for what is probably going to be the tour of our lifetime. Um, so, yeah, the audio and visuals were absolutely on point. And the crowd vibes were 10 out of 10. The Eras Tour brought back community. Okay, everyone loved everyone in that stadium, except for the woman. Okay, here's a little fun tidbit. The woman that tried to steal the seats of the girls sitting next to us at night two. So we had some girlies sitting next to us night two. Um, they were super chill, but they got up at one point in the show. Um, I think probably during, I think it was during folklore. Like they got up to like have to go to the bathroom or grab a drink or something. Um, they got up. And this woman came out of, I assume, the standing room, because they sold standing room only as well. Like, the place was packed. Um, She brought, like, her seven-year-old daughter down from standing room to stand in these girls' seats. Like, they didn't sit down in the seats, but they, it's like they came and just stood right in front of the empty seats. And Marlene kind of, and I look at each other like, what? Um, Which is, like, a huge distraction, first of all, like, we are listening to her perform. Like, this is a huge tour. Like, everyone is, like, sat and seated, like, eyes peeled. Like, do not, do not walk in front of people. Do not block people's view. Like, you get the idea. These girls come back, the girls that are actually in the seats, they come back and they're like, uh, like, who are you? What are you doing? Like, we we are now an hour and a half into this show. You know these aren't your seats. Like, what are you doing? And the woman was like, oh, I just, I just brought her down to like, mm." and the girls were like, okay, like they like weren't, they weren't mean to her, but like, I don't know. I feel like I would have been like, 
what are you doing? Like, don't don't teach your kids to be the worst person at a sold out show because then, like my view, me and Marlene's view wasn't blocked, but like this woman was definitely like they were standing in front of the seats. These girls come back. Now there are like four people where there are two seats at this shoulder to shoulder sold out show, and the girls were like, uh excuse me, like, what are you doing? And the woman's like, oh, I just brought her, mm, okay, yeah, like, let's move. And it's just, like, causing a distraction. It's causing issues. I'm sure the people behind are, like, now there are four people standing in front of us. Like, oh, my, I would be pissed, okay? So um, don't do that, okay? Don't do that. Um, yeah, don't do that. So ultimately, the future of the Eras tour looks bright, obviously. It is on course to be the highest grossing tour of all time, and it is not over anytime soon. At the time of this episode, the tour will be ending Saturday, November 23rd, 2024. I'm hoping and praying and also manifesting being possibly selected for another ticket drop for the New Orleans shows in October of 2024. But do not take that as me being ungrateful for my literal two shows I just saw. I would have never been to, you know, the second show if it weren't for my queen Marlene, okay? Um, But I've just never been to New Orleans and I would love to trip out there in, let's say, October of 2024. And I'd be, what, freshly 27 at the time? Oh. Oh my god. Anyway, that's terrible. But yeah, at the time of this podcast, it is supposed to end in Toronto, November 23rd, 2024. There are rumors and speculations that she will be adding more, that she likely won't end the tour. Like the entire Eras tour will not end in Toronto. Um, It could. I mean, we don't know. This is all speculation. But there are a lot of rumors that, no, they just haven't solidified other dates and and they're looking forward to more so this is looking like it's going to be a very long tour similar to maybe like harry styles love on tour tour which i actually didn't get tickets for and i tried really hard um and we won't really get into that but that is the end of the episode okay that is the end of the first episode of more about the music i'm very excited about this okay i i love i i love going to shows. I am a music person. Um, I feel like if I was musically inclined, that's what I would be doing with my life. I would be some form of musician. I love the energy. I just love that music has the ability to bring people together in this way. I mean, the Eras Tour is a perfect example to use for this, the way that, you know, there are 100,000 people in this major stadium who don't, you know, you might know somebody there, right? But like, for the most part, these are all strangers from all parts of the world. Not everybody there is from Dallas, right? Like some people flew in from different places to go specifically to those shows. And I don't know, there is something very special about going somewhere when you don't know anybody, but you have this one thing in common. You have this thing that brings you together. Um, And you know, there are some songs that, from certain artists, you know, everybody has, I'm sure everybody has a song that um, is like emotional to them. Everybody has a song that makes them, you know, feel things, whether it's happiness or sadness or just nostalgia from a time in their life. And 
it's weird because you think that that's just you. You think that's your own, you know, unique song. That's your that's your thing that nobody else understands, right? And then you go into a show for the artist and there are, you know, a song, they, they play a song that makes you just violently sob. And then you look around and there are other people violently sobbing and you're like, oh my gosh, like, we're not so different, you and I. Like, we have things in common and I don't know you, you're a stranger. And so... The Eros tour was an excellent example of like going into a space like that and not knowing these people, but treating them like you would a friend, like, you know, making sure that they're okay, um, being polite, chit-chatting with them before the show starts, um, screaming at the top of your lungs with them, like, oh my God, that's the song she's playing, ah, like having that moment with them and... I just, I think that there's something really special, not to be corny. I'm being so corny Collins right now, but like music can heal and it can bring people together. And that's what I love about it. And I'm excited um, that more about the music is finally in motion. Um, and I'm able to kind of share my experience with you all. So that's kind of fun. Um, reminder that more about the music is a Just Being Silly podcast. So you should probably already know that by now. I mentioned it in the beginning of the episode. But if you are here for some random reason, like the algorithm just brought you here and you're like, I don't know what this is, but I listened all the way through. First of all, thank you. That's kind of fun. You've got a better attention span than me. But uh, yeah, Just Being Silly is the main podcast. And more about the music is the side, the bonus, the whatever you want to call it podcast. So um, if you are subscribed to Just Being Silly on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you will get more about the music within your feed. And I'll keep saying it, okay? You will get it in your feed. So just make sure that you are following Just Being Silly Pod on Instagram and Just Being Silly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please rate it five stars. But that's really all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening giving this a shot. You know, this is the first episode and I wanted, like I said, a little bit more robust of an episode with an artist like Taylor Swift. As we go on, as I kind of get my, you know, feet wet with this, um, I'm sure the episodes will only get longer. Um, maybe not much more so. You know, I kind of like this 30 minutes of an episode that's kind of like I keep, like I keep just being silly, you know, at 30 minutes to an hour. Um, so I think this being nice in 30 minutes will be like its own separate thing. I don't know. Now I'm rambling. But yeah, thank you again so much for taking the time and listening. Um, and I will see you next Monday when we learn even more about the music. Thanks so much. Bye.